Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I think it's good to ask your family, and I think it's also good to ask your really good friends about someone who might be a potential spouse before you become too serious with them. They might see those red flags, and you don't because you're loving how the person is making you feel at that moment. I've seen that in therapy over and over again. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor. And I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. Doing life together. Where have I heard that? Oh, it's the theme song. <laughs> yeah. And we, we do that. Five every, seconds ago. All right, yeah. We do that every weekend on we this do. show. We and do. The goal is to uh, tackle relationships and talk about mental health who are you tackling these days i tackle matthew he's (laughs) he's five he thinks that's fun (laughs) he would think that's fun (laughs) well i do have a question for you dr linda did dr norm's family like you when he decided to get serious and marry you so that's really a tough question for me because his family was serving as missionaries in argentina Mm, okay and uh, we didn't have the internet then we only had snail mail right Mm -hmm. and it was very expensive to do phone calls like if you called Argentina, mm-hmm. you had to be on this satellite system and you had to yell because the, the right. connection was so bad. And the echo was terrible. Yes, yes the yes. echo was there. Mm-hmm. So actually, Chris, I didn't even meet them until the wedding. <laughs> what? You gotta be I kidding know. me. I know. That, see, that doesn't happen these days. You, you can't get by with that today. So at that point, they're stuck with you. That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. They're, and I was stuck with them, right? There was True. nothing I could right. do there. I don't recommend that. Mm-hmm. And now we have the internet, so we can do FaceTime, and I could have seen them at least and had conversations with them. But if you remember, I have a book titled, I Married You, Not Your Family. So when you do marry somebody, you get them as a mm-hmm. package deal, right? They come with the spouse. And it's always a good idea to know a little bit about that family that you're marrying into. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about you? When Sharon was dating you, what did her family think of you? It was true then and it's true now. Her family likes me more than she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still the case. Have you seen that in therapy? <laughs> well, I don't know if I've ever asked it that way, but right. yeah, that's interesting. Well, this is, this is probably more something that you have seen. People date and they marry, and then one side of the family doesn't like the person mm. that you choose. And in fact, there was a movie a while back uh, in which the father of the bride said, uh, he said this when he gave a speech at his daughter's wedding. When I first met Stu, I was not sold. He seemed unattractive. He lacked intelligence and imagination. He was missing that spark you look for in a young man. That is a quote, but I don't know the movie. It was one of those wedding movies right, and yeah. you, you crazy stuff. But there's a lot of truth into that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody would get up at the wedding ceremony, at the wedding reception, actually say that right. in real life. But they might be thinking it. And when you have a family that doesn't like you, it can really strain the marital relationship. So we want to talk about that and give some advice and some tips. Well, let's start with this. What if family and friends see things in that person that maybe you don't see and they are, they're trying to warn you? I think that's a good point because we aren't always real objective when we're in love, right? Mm-hmm. We, we think that we can change the world and a lot of times we think we can change that person. 
But that means we're not going to be open sometimes to really sound advice. And here's why. Your thinking brain goes a little bit offline when love is involved. And this is why you should at least listen to the issues being raised by people who know you and love you, Chris, because you're not thinking as clearly when you're in love. Mm -hmm. Now, those need to be people you respect and whom you believe have your best interests in mind. Did you listen to your parents about Dr. Norm? Okay, we're making this personal again, right? Okay. Yes. So actually, actually, I did. I dated mm -hmm. one other man very seriously before Norm, and my mom did not think he was a good match for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she told me uh, several times, and in my own heart, here's the funny part. I knew that she was right, and I did eventually break it off. She just confirmed what I already knew, but he was such a nice guy that I just kind of kept the relationship going. Mm -hmm. But now when my mom met Norm, she thought he was a keeper, and he was good for me, and she was right. And he was dirt poor, so it wasn't about money at that point. It wasn't like, oh boy, you know, right. what does this guy have to offer her? But they have always accepted him and welcomed him into our family. But his family wasn't so welcoming of me. Hmm. Why was that? Well, they didn't like my profession. Mm -hmm. They didn't think psychology was legitimate. And they thought it was somehow against the Bible. They didn't understand that my practice was biblically based. Back then, there wasn't a lot of conversation about that. Mm -hmm. Church was a little bit more skeptical about psychology back in the day. Some people thought it was at odds with Christianity. Of hmm. course, that's not the way I practice. But right. my in-laws eventually, though, I will say eventually, but it took a lot of years, they came around. But it's hard on a new bride when she doesn't feel that acceptance right away. It sounds like we're talking about the 1880s. When, did, know, when but, did you start? Well, it was. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, the church has really evolved in the acceptance of Christian counseling and mm -hmm. Christian therapy. But there's still a pocket of people who just say, and it's not wrong to say, God is the answer. Jesus is the answer for all things. In my heart of hearts, Chris, I really believe that. Mm -hmm. But there's, you know, it's like medicine. You know, there are things that we know that work and help. So it wasn't so much about you. It was more about your career. Yeah. And all the women in his family were stay-at-home moms, which is admirable. But it, they didn't go to college. They didn't have careers outside of the home. So I just didn't fit their mold. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens in some families. You just don't fit into the idea of who they think their son or daughter should marry. So what did you do to uh, change their mind? Well, fortunately, we had our Christian faith in common, and mm -hmm. that gave us a lot of common ground. So that really, really did help. But my father-in-law was not warm to me for years. And mm -hmm. eventually, though, he got to know me better. He saw how I responded during family crisis. And eventually, I helped him with a family issue. Mm -hmm. And then he saw the value in what I did, and he realized that I wasn't leaving my faith behind and practicing in some secular way. So that really did help. I always wanted more acceptance from them, but it, it took a lot of years for it to develop. So I really understand this mm -hmm. from the perspective of somebody who's feeling that way. I had to come to an acceptance of his slow warming towards me. And the good part was is that Norm was very supportive of me, and that really, really helped. This is a great movie script because you have a Christian family, the son marries a shrink. Yeah. They don't like her. Yeah. But then there's a crisis in the family that she helps them through. It is. The end. Roll the credits. Do you want to pitch this as a movie script somewhere? I we think can I make will, some yes. good money for this. This would be a great movie. And then we could have bumper stickers, as we always do. <laughs> <laughs> as we always talk about, we're going to have bumper stickers. And, but yeah. And if the name isn't taken, the name of the movie is The Shrink. The Shrink. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it always helps when your partner sees mm -hmm. the issue is, and is on your side. And, right. and then if he speaks up. So he spoke up on my behalf. That is key when we're talking about about this. Talk about slight for slight. What do you mean by that? 
I think it's a common feeling that if you've been hurt by somebody, you want to return the hurt or you want to pull back or you don't want to engage with them as well. But I kept trying, and I think it's a good idea to keep trying. It's tempting to try to justify yourself to them, and we want people to understand us. I know, and I I did try that, but guess what? It didn't work when I was trying to justify my position. Mm -hmm. I think the better route is just to show them that you and your partner love each other and then show Christ's love to them. Because when you have love in response to any hurt or any slight, it's really powerful. In the natural, it's really hard to love people who reject you. Mm -hmm. It takes God's love in you, and you don't retaliate by treating them poorly in return. But, you know, you need the Holy Spirit to help you with that. Because the criticism is hard to take. It is. Even if it's not always directed to you in your face. And it goes all back to that whole thing that you want to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And when the criticism comes out in a really passive-aggressive way... That's really hard for me. So here's an example. This one didn't happen to me, but I'm thinking about this. It was sort of a backhanded criticism. If you say your partner works hard, your parent might sigh and then talk about how lonely it must be for you to live with a partner (laughs) who's always working. Right. As in, wow, it's lucky your kids have one parent who puts them first. That kind of talk is an indirect criticism, and the parent is finding something negative to say. And then the adult child has to confront that nicely and say something like, Dad, that comment is really hurtful. Mm -hmm. I don't see it that way at all, and I would appreciate you not making a negative comment about my wife. Right. That's not easy. That is a hard conversation to have, but it's good advice. And we do need to take a short break, Dr. Linda. And when we come back, I want to ask you about a reverse situation. What if a family member sees red flags that you do not? We'll talk about that after the break. Some days, I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental author and speaker. Social media is a great way to keep up with Dr. Linda's speaking and writing on relationships. But we also want you to listen to and share the weekly podcasts. They air on Faith Radio, but also on all your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. And the book that will help you with today's topic is I Married You, Not Your Family. And there's a chapter on that, specifically what we're talking about today. So that book is good help for this. Well, for the break, I brought up the issue that sometimes family members or even good friends may see red flags in your relationships before you do. Let's talk about that. You know, sometimes your siblings who know you very well can see a relationship that might not be great for you or see problems. You know, my daughter Katie's Mm -hmm. helping us with uh, producing this week, and she saw things in her brother's 
relationships and would tell him, you know, she wouldn't say it in a mean way, but she would kind of let him know that uh, she wasn't real drawn to that person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when the right one comes along, it's really helpful because then they notice the qualities. So if you have a good relationship with your siblings, I think those are very important voices. And if a family member, Chris, points out specifics, I would say at least listen to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Some behaviors can be really harmful, like the person has excessive drinking or drug misuse, or they can often see like emotional abuse. As siblings will sometimes say things like, you know, I just don't like the way he speaks to you. Or something like, did you notice he doesn't have any friends? Mm. That Those are red flags. See, uh, the other side of that is uh, my in-laws tell Sharon all the time that, you know, Chris makes you a better person. <laughs> So well, there's that. Help, they're helping the situation, not harming <laughs> the situation, right, that's right. right? That's probably actually not true. But Okay, but when you warn the person, they don't always take it well. You might get, uh, you're not going to tell me what to do, or I'm right, you're wrong, I know better. I know, and it's not about that. It's mm-hmm. about seeing your options clearly and listening to what they see and then deciding, is there any real merit in mm. what they're saying? You have to be honest with yourself when you're doing that. You have to stop and go, okay. Is there any merit in what they're seeing? And I think it's good to ask your family. And I think it's also good to ask your really good friends about someone who might be a potential spouse before you become too serious with them. They might see those red flags and you don't because you're loving how the person is making you feel at that moment. Mm. Often family members can spot a controlling person before you can. I've seen that in therapy over and over again. Wow. Have you ever had couples come together and then not get married because they've come to those realizations? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the family has actually helped them see that. Right. But not always. Sometimes it just gets lost. Well, those are really hard conversations and people get defensive. And then you're questioning their relationship choice. I know. But here's the thing. I've heard so many people say after the fact, I wish someone had said something or pointed out the problems before we got serious. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example of that. I saw someone in therapy years ago who noticed her boyfriend had what she called a little bit of a temper, Mm kind of asked her more about that. And she kept saying to me, oh, he's stressed and he's sort of, she just minimized it. And then when they got on their honeymoon, that temper just really came out. And she learned that this was a lifelong problem with him and that he had managed to control it a little bit while they were dating. But then she started talking to his friends and other family members, and they all went, yeah, that was a real problem. He has a real anger problem. So the friends did notice, and apparently they didn't say much to her. They didn't. And they were afraid to say something, which is kind of sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few of her friends even apologized for not speaking up after the fact. And so she was really upset that her friends saw the problem and didn't say anything. So sometimes that outside opinion can help that person pick up on some small things that they might be seeing. Mm -hmm. And then if they know that other people are also seeing them, it might cause them to pause and to think, hmm. Is this really a good choice? I can see how it would be for someone to be getting negative feedback about uh, the relationship they're in and you to become defensive. But true friends and family who care about you, uh, they may just be trying to help. Well, and there can be other motives. I mean, it can be the case that a friend might say something because they're jealous. Mm -hmm. um, Or it could be that your family doesn't really have your best interest in mind. And that's another whole show, right, about heavy family dysfunction. But, yeah, think about it. Just pause and don't try not to get defensive well how do you handle it uh, if your parents you know exclude your partner uh, from events and other occasions you know that i don't think that's okay do you again that adult child has to speak up about this and support their partner that's the key 
right here, support your partner. I would say something in very nice words like, if my husband isn't invited, I just can't come because that would be hurtful to him and I need to support him. Now, notice, Chris, how I'm saying it. I'm not going... I'm not going to come if you don't invite, you know, Mm -hmm. this is what happens in families. So how we respond needs to be in a loving, but assertive, holding the boundaries, not aiming to hurt that person back, Mm -hmm. which is really tempting to do when you feel hurt. Yeah. I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask anyway. Okay. What about when your friends don't like your partner? And they don't want to be around the two of you. Have you had that when you were dating somebody where your friends would come to you and say, I don't really like that guy? No, they did, they liked that person, but they didn't like me. So. <laughs> well, I think you have to look at the quality of your friendships first. And right. if, do they have a history of being supportive? Or are they really disruptive in your life whenever you're trying to do something positive? That mm-hmm. would make a big difference. So basically, are they credible sources of reflection? And even the strongest and longest friendships can have patterns of competitiveness and dysfunction. Right. So you have to be realistic when you're approaching them. Like we said, though... If your friendship is such that it's healthy and you operate in truth with another person, I would put more weight on that relationship and the feedback they're giving me. I would listen to it. It seems like if they didn't want to be around you as a couple, couple. you have to offload that person. They got to go. I mean, go. W- w- the question is why? And is right. what they're bringing up legitimate? Uh, because that's really awkward when you marry somebody or you date somebody and then no one wants to be with you. Mm-hmm. I would say, what are they reacting to? Get them to tell you what it is. Maybe the disapproval comes down to the fact that your friend wouldn't choose that type of person. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's the case, they're not dating the person you are. True. And so maybe your partner likes a different type of person and they're sort of projecting on you their own decisions. Then mm-hmm. it would be more of an issue. Give us an example of what you might say if you don't agree with your friend or family when they say, we don't like your partner. That's a tough one. I would say something like, this is hard for me to hear, or I don't agree, and then set your boundaries. But because they're your friends, validate them. Even if you're not on the same page, I would say something like, I know that was hard for you to share with me. And thank you for being honest with me. I know you really are about me and my best interest. One of the really negative things we see today is families rejecting family members because of their politics. I know. I have never seen anything like this before. Uh, families are being torn apart because they they disagree with each other and can't even be in the same room together. I know. Isn't this sad? Did you know that Uncle Ed is a Democrat? Can you believe that? And then they don't want to be around him. I think this is so sad. Uh, I would go back to the Bible on this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would say, how Christ-like is it to feel angry or disdain towards your in-laws or family member because of differences you have in politics? It's just so wrong. And we need to examine our hearts on this. Not tolerating the differences in others is just not healthy in any relationship. And Chris, as Christ followers, we should not be doing this, and we need to lead with love. So be an example of the difference Christ makes in your life by not acting like the world or the culture does around you. Mm -hmm. We should not allow our differences on something like politics to tear our families apart. Just agree not to talk about the topic if it just becomes too difficult, and then respond to people civilly. Mm. It is a challenge to respond like Christ in a situation when you've been hurt. But fortunately, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. Yes. And after a short break, we will continue our conversation on what happens when your family doesn't like your partner. Are your priorities all out of line? Are you running through the kitchen because the sight of dishes in the sink is more than you can bear? 
or avoiding the laundry room for fear a pile of dirty jeans will jump up and grab you? Are extra hours spent at work or outside commitments taking a toll on your home and family? Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and if this sounds anything like your house, you may have a priority problem. Getting your priorities in line might feel like trying to rein in a bucking bronco, but it can be done. Here are a few keys. Take small steps. Don't try to attack laundry and housekeeping all at once. Spread the work out and enlist the help of family members. And don't put things off. Piling another dish and a cup in the sink won't help. Instead, try and stay ahead by handling cleaning up more regularly. Look, we all have occasions when we have to hurry off and leave a job or two undone. But if this is your habit, you may need a priority adjustment. And you can do it one step at a time. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and the book that relates to today's topic, I Married You, Not Your Family. And remember, our podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Go to myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. Basically, it's impossible to not be able to find Dr. Linda. That's right. But we want people to listen to this and share it because look Mm -hmm. at this topic, Chris. Right. This affects a lot of people. It does. Well, getting back to that, family members not liking your partner. Should you ask for specifics on why they don't like this person? I think so. Don't you? I mean, it just feels bad if they say, I don't like this person. You (laughs) want to know why? What's going on? Right. And it would be important to know what they're seeing. Is it based on prejudice? Is it personality issues? Mm -hmm. Are there certain interactions, maybe something that has happened that you don't even know about? So maybe they did something or said something to one of your family members. Think about Romeo and Juliet. You know, I love Shakespeare. Right. So I'm bringing up Shakespeare every Mm -hmm. chance I get. And, you know, how their relationship was affected because of feuding between two families. And in case you don't know the ending of that play, (laughs) it doesn't end well. Tell us about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a good ending. So you have to call it out. But Mm -hmm. again, you have to do it in a civil way, which we're stressing. What if your family is a Virginia Tech fan? Then then what? Well, we have this conversation in our household. uh, What if you're not a Michigan fan? We're a prejudice against the... uh, We do have prejudices, (laughs) but we try to be civil, right? But who... Who picks a hokey? Right, as exactly. That's their mascot. I mean, come on. A bird, yeah. When things are tense because of this dislike, should you force togetherness? I think if you can handle the tension that will be in the room at the event, you could mm-hmm. try that. But the problem really hasn't been solved. And all it can do is fuel the resentment that people might have. Mm-hmm. You really just need to address the issue rather than trying to fake it. I mean, you can fake it a little bit superficially, but Mm -hmm. we know that addressing and processing disagreements is not easy. It's not pleasant, even when it's done respectfully. But if this relationship is important to you, and especially if you plan to marry this person, these root issues need to be resolved somehow. So you may need to allow some time and space to work through those problems. Okay, listener question. Uh, What if they are an Ohio State fan? Then what do you do? They cannot marry into our family. (laughs) (laughs) So screening before you date, you have to find out, do they have the right football team in mind? Then just eliminate them at the front. Get it out of the way. (laughs) That's right. But wouldn't it help to build positive memories or associations? That really is a great way to think about it because it really would help if you choose someone And then you think, okay, what could I do to make this person 
fit into the family or see a side of them that I see. Mm -hmm. So choose something that shows a side of the person they haven't seen. Maybe a really good thing. Bring up some common interests, some hobbies, and avoid the hot topics at the beginning. What about the biblical idea of being a peacemaker? How does that apply? Well, if you're going to be at peace with people, which is what we're supposed to try to do, to be at, live in peace with all people, that's going to be a process. And that means, again, we have to go back and do difficult things. It doesn't mean avoiding issues and pretending everything is fine. And I think people that are conflict avoided, that really is a problem. Sometimes things will be out of your hands. Your family may continue to disapprove, and their resolve may only slowly erode with time. But keep the peace with your family as much as you can. It's all about speaking the truth in love, the scripture says. I think it's also important, Chris, to avoid nitpicking on every issue. When you nitpick, what you're doing is you're training your brain to look for the offense. Mm, that's true. And so many families sit there and just like to fuel that that problem. And then you're, you're focusing on it. Mm-hmm. So then it's going to go in your brain and it's going to be more and more negative. Okay, so that happens and things really heat up. Then what? I think it's just good to have an exit strategy ahead of time. If you're keep the car running, keep the, you don't, yeah, have someone out there as a driver, right, right? <laughs> and escape. But if your spouse struggles to get along with your family and finds family events really stressful, just decide when you have to leave when that gets bad. Mm-hmm. Give your family a departure time when you arrive. For example, to say we have to leave by noon, we have to pick up a friend from the airport. Now, don't lie. Don't mm-hmm. come up with things. Maybe have your spouse send you a text message when things are really getting bad and you can have a cue mm-hmm. or a signal, a prearranged signal. Some I've taught couples how to do that. Right. Have a signal and say, it's time to go. This is getting intense. Or let your spouse know acceptable ways to check out for a bit. If leaving isn't an option, maybe you can go to another room or you can mm-hmm. pick up a book or you can just take a walk and maybe nobody will think about that too much as a negative thing. You're making me think more about this uh, during this show than I, I normally would. I wonder how much thought we really give to the fact that when we marry someone, we are marrying their family as well. Do you think most people uh, give much attention to that reality? I don't. That's why we're having this show. I really don't think mm-hmm. we we do enough in this area because when we're in love, we feel like it's the two of us against the world and mm-hmm. that love can conquer everything. And while your extended family is not physically present in your home, Chris, they do show up in your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions. You both act in ways that support what you learned growing up. So it's important to pay attention to the family. We all take on some of the good parts of our family, maybe some of the bad parts of our family systems, but they're represented in us. Well, as we close the show today, we want to acknowledge the fact that not being accepted by your partner's family is painful. Mm -hmm. And then we want to respond to this in a Christ-like way. Right. And so even though you may have this problem, I'm encouraging you to stay in the relationship, keep talking, encourage respect for differences, set boundaries when you need to, when hurtful things happen. The more you show love and kindness to those who do not reciprocate, the more they will be impressed with you. You eventually may win them over. Christ told us it was easy to love the lovely but not our enemies. Maybe you'll never be close to that family member or friend because of their dislike for your partner, but that's okay. Love them anyway and find people who will love and accept you as a couple. Pray for them as well. Give it time. You never know what God can do when you invite him into the problem. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Katie Mental, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, 
We're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.